This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Second Corinthians chapter one. I'm excited to start a new series this morning, a follow-up to our Made to Mature series that we did through Second Peter, where we learned that it is God's will that we grow. All Christians should have a passionate desire to spiritually grow our whole life. In fact, on into eternity. It's one of the things that we're going to do for all of eternity is we're going to grow. People ask me, what are we going to do in heaven for all of eternity? One of the things we're going to do is we're going to grow for all of eternity. But you know something else we're going to do with God for all of eternity? We're going to serve him for all of eternity. So we're not going to just talk about saved to serve down here, but saved to serve forever and ever, because the next series now out of 2 Corinthians is the follow-up to Made to Mature, and this is Made to Minister. And the only way really to minister and to serve the Lord is as we continually grow. We do them both together, always at the same time. And again, we're, we're to serve him here. We're going to serve him forever and ever. So the book of 2 Corinthians is Paul's testimony of his own service. And hopefully we're going to learn through our study, because we're going to take this a chapter a week. So for the next 13 weeks, we're going to talk about serving the Lord and what it means to serve the Lord and what it looks like to be a servant of the Lord. By the way, at the end of this 13 weeks, we're going to have another anointing service for those that truly feel called into a specific service that God has sort of led them to throughout this 13 weeks, or maybe just a confirmation of something that they're already involved with, but you want to be anointed, because Paul was anointed. In fact, he mentions that at the end of chapter one. He was anointed into service, and God wants to consecrate and set apart us to his service as well. He wants us to know that his hands, if you will, are upon us as we serve him. Why is it important to serve the Lord? Because we are saved to serve. We're not just saved to know him. We are saved for the purpose of growing in him and of serving him. Listen to the words of Paul from the book of Galatians. Paul wrote these words, but when the one who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I could preach. Paul said, he revealed his son in me so that I could become a preacher. That was God's purpose for Paul. Now, that might not be God's purpose for you, but God has a place of service for each of us. He has a part that he wants us to play in his body. That's another reason why he created us, another reason why he gifted us and gave us the abilities that he did, and it's another reason why he saved us, is because we were saved to serve. In fact, in the book of Acts, after Paul meets the Lord on the road to Damascus, God comes to this man named Ananias, who is sort of the one-man welcoming committee for Paul uh, to, to sort of welcome him into the body of Christ, into the church. And, and, he, and, and he's having some trouble because he knows who, who Saul is, right, the persecutor of the, the church. And, and God's trying to convince him that this is good, this is part of my will. And he says to Ananias, he says, I want you to go and I want you to anoint Paul because he is my chosen instrument to carry my name to the Gentiles, to kings, and to the people of Israel. 
Even there, God is saying, I saved him for him to serve me. Now, there's not a Christian here today that that's not true of. You have been saved to serve the Lord. So here's what I would love to see accomplished and what I think God wants us as a church to accomplish during these next 13 weeks. For those who are already serving, he wants to solidify you and strengthen you in that service. He wants to encourage you so that you don't get weary in doing good and you'll just keep on doing what God's called you to do and you'll be reinvigorated and sort of recommitted to what you're already doing. For those of you that may not be doing something, I think God hopes that you will be touched to get in and start doing something in the body, to, to, to do some kind of service, if you will, for him, you see. Now, you also may be doing something, but not doing it with a good attitude. God may want to correct that during these 13 weeks. You may be in a place of service, but it's not the place God wants you to be in. And so maybe part of the 13 weeks is figuring out, oh, God doesn't want me to serve him doing this. God would rather me right now serve him doing this. So there's all kinds of different sort of goals that we can have as we start this series. And, and I hope and pray that all of those are accomplished in these next 13 weeks and that you'll join me and keep coming back, whether it's through live stream or, you know, right here in person at the Oasis Church. So what I'd like to do today is I'd like to look at some principles in service, then look at some purposes in service, some partners in service, and finally some provisions in our service for the Lord today. Because as we go through these chapters, I'm obviously not going to hit every verse. I'm going to be looking at certain things that can be tied back to serving the Lord, and that's what we're going to be looking at. Because again, if 2 Corinthians, if someone was to ask me, just like in 2 Peter, what's the main theme of 2 Peter? I would say spiritual growth. What's the main theme of 2 Corinthians? Service, serving the Lord. Paul's testimony of being a servant. So if you want to learn how to serve the Lord or how to be a servant and all of that, 2 Corinthians is the book to study. So let's first look at some principles in service in verses 1 and 2. Paul says, this letter is to the Corinthian church from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. Let's stop there. Technically speaking, strictly speaking, there's only a small group of apostles. They were people that had to have a firsthand experience with the risen Jesus. They were sort of the foundation, the pillars of the early church, and, and they got the church established, okay? So please hear me say, I'm not saying that any of us are apostles in that strict or technical sense, but in the broader application of that word and what it means, all of us as Christians are apostles. Why? because an apostle simply means a representative or an ambassador of Jesus Christ. In fact, later on in this same book, 2 Corinthians 5.20, Paul says to every Christian, we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ, meaning that everywhere we go, every person we come in contact with, 
we are representing Jesus Christ. We are his ambassador to everyone in every situation there. So I want you and I to begin to see something as we're going to see throughout this series. Serving the Lord is not an either or with this. It is a both and. And what I mean by that is this. What we're going to see is that serving the Lord is not so much what I do. It's who I am. Okay, please remember that. Because a lot of times as Christians, we reduce our service to certain acts or ministries or things that we do. In other words, we, we describe our service by saying, I'm involved with the men's ministry or the women's ministry or hospitality or I'm a greeter or I'm this or I'm that. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but, but I'm saying don't define your service simply that way. That's part of it. That's the other part of it, the both and. Yes, God will call each of us and has designed each of us for a specific part to play, okay? I get that. That's part of our service. But what we also need to realize is from the time you and I wake up in the morning to the time we go to bed at night, we are a servant of the Lord. You see, we, we never take off the servant's apron, if you will. That's always on. So that means that we are at God's disposal. If we understand serving the Lord right, we are at God's disposal 24-7. And whatever he asks of us during that time, whatever he wants us to do, he could be able to come into our, our hearts and minds through the Holy Spirit and move upon us and, and, and guide us and lead us to do something, and that's serving the Lord, whatever it is. You see, during the day, during the night, whatever it is, that's serving the Lord. And that's as much serving the Lord as it is what my role or responsibility or the, the job that I have at church or whatever. That's just as much a part of it. And that's part of what Paul's getting at here when he uses the term apostle. Yes, he was strictly an apostle of Jesus Christ like a few others were. But we are all apostles in the sense that we all represent the Lord and we are his ambassadors to every person we'll ever meet and to every situation we come in contact in. Then notice this. He says, I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus, not by my own will, but by the will of God. In other words, being an apostle and even being called to preach, to be a preacher, as he says to the Galatians, was not Paul's idea. It was God's idea for him. It was God's will for him. So another principle then in service is, I'm not really truly serving the Lord if I'm doing what I want to do in serving him, but it's not what he wants me to do. That's not serving the Lord. Serving the Lord is doing what he chose for me to do, not what I'm choosing for myself. See, many Christians are like, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm comfortable doing. This is what I have the time to do, whatever. And, and they're saying, I'm serving the Lord because I'm doing this. Well, not if that's not God's will. We're only truly serving God when we're doing what God wants us to do. Let me give you a couple examples. There are people, and I don't mean to step on any toes, I'm really not, so if I'm talking about you, don't act like I'm talking about you. <laughs> there are people who are gift givers, who give gifts to others, 
that says more about them and what they want to give than it does the person that they're giving it to and what that person would truly appreciate. Get where I'm going with that? You understand? That's not then being truly a gift. That, you're, you're giving something that you may like and that you want, but you're not taking the other person into consideration, you see. Or let me give you another illustration from the Bible, the story of Cain and Abel. Why did God accept Abel's offering and not Cain's? Because Cain came to God giving God what he wanted to give to God, not what God wanted him to give to him. See, the reason he accepted Abel's offering was because Abel brought what God wanted him to bring. Cain was rejected because Cain brought what he wanted to bring to God. That's what Paul's saying. You and I can't truly be servants of God unless we're doing what God wants us to do, not what we want to do. So those are a couple beginning principles in service that Paul starts off with here. Well, let's get to some purposes in service. This is important too. He starts out in verse 3 by saying, Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies or compassion, the God of all comfort or encouragement, who comforts us in all of our troubles. By the way, a great word. It's a word that can be translated tribulations. It's a word that talks about pressure. It's, it's a word that speaks about being, having, having pressure put on us. Think of yourself being squeezed in sort of that way. Many times throughout our life, we feel that way. I'm sure many of you felt that way this last year, right? Like you're being pressed, you're being squeezed, right? Notice what he says. We have access to our God through a relationship with him that we can, we can be comforted. We can be continually comforted by God. But notice he says, not that that will ever be an end to itself, but so that, verse 4, and every time you see the words so that in your Bible, that's usually purpose statement, so that we may be able to comfort those experiencing any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. There's a lot in these verses, but what I really want to hone in on is this. What you and I go through in our life, if we're being a servant of God, should never be looked at purposelessly. Like, why did God allow me to go through that? There's, I see no purpose in that. Everything in a Christian's life, no matter what we go through, good or bad, can be used by God to build a greater capacity in us for him to be able to use us to encourage others. Please get that. <laughs> That's important for us to remember. That's one of the purposes. So, in other words, Paul's saying, I'm sorry that you may be going through a trial or tribulation in your life, you there in Corinth. But first of all, and we'll, we'll get to this a little bit later, God will be able to give you all the comfort and encouragement you need to get through that trial and tribulation. But don't forget this. When you come out the other side, you also have a greater capacity, a greater ability then to be able to turn that around throughout the rest of your life and be used by God for God to be able to bring people to you so that you can encourage them with the same comfort that God gave you through that very similar trial 
because you then can sit across the table, if you will, from them. You can look them in the eye. You can tell them, just like I have said to people, I know exactly what you're feeling because I've been there where you've been, but now I'm no longer there, and it's not because of me. It's because of God in me. And you can give them hope, and you can give them comfort, and you can give them encouragement because they're sitting across not from God but from another human being just like them who can give them testimony to the fact that God brought me through that, and if he brought me through that, and I'm no different than you, and I'm no more special or of value to God than you are, then God can bring you through that very same thing. See, purpose, purpose so that you and I can use everything that we go through than to be a greater servant of God. See, think of it that way. Every time you and I go through something good or bad, God is building, if you will, our, our resume for him to be able to use us in other people's lives to be an encouragement to them, you see. Nothing is purposeless. Nothing is purposeless. Everything that you and I have went through can be tapped in by God at some time later on when God just circles around and brings somebody maybe even out of the blue into our life that we don't even know is coming, and all of a sudden we have an opportunity to be a servant of the Lord. But it doesn't stop there. Look at verse 8. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, regarding the affliction that happened to us in the province of Asia that while we were serving the Lord, we were burdened, we were weighed down excessively. And don't miss these next three words. These are really important. Beyond our strength, greater than what we could deal with ourselves. See, there are many Christians, and I think it's primarily from one verse that's misinterpreted and misapplied. 1 Corinthians 10.13 is maybe one of the verses in the Bible that gets mis misinterpreted and misapplied more than maybe any other, at least that I hear. Because I've heard Christians my whole Christian life even say to other Christians, trying to encourage them, God will never give you more than what you can bear. That's not biblical. It's not biblical. What's Paul saying? He's saying, we were serving the Lord, and guess what? We found ourselves in a situation more than what we could bear. It was beyond us. It was beyond our strength. But what's Paul say? He goes on to say, we even despaired of living. We thought, this is the end. We're done. We're cooked. We're dead. Indeed, we felt, verse 9, as if the sentence of death had been passed against us. Here's the next purpose statement in serving the Lord. So that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. So that we would learn there's a lot in our life and service to the Lord that is going to be beyond us. That's actually to be expected. Let me say it this way. If you're serving the Lord and you never feel like you are beyond yourself or in over your head or that what God is asking of you is beyond your own strength, then you're not doing all that God wants you to do. 
Because God always designs his will for us, and part of his will is to serve him, to be something that takes us beyond what we could ever do on our own so that we could learn to rest and rely fully on him. That's another purpose in service, always. That's another purpose in being a Christian, always. If I feel like what I'm doing for the Lord is something that Jeff Royce can handle, then I'm not thinking big enough. I'm not, I'm not doing everything that God wants me to do, which I think if you know me, you know that even after all these years of being a pastor, it's way beyond what Jeff can do. And every day I come to God going, okay, God, you got to show up again today because what you're asking of me this day is way beyond what I can handle, what I can do. That's what God wants. He never wants us to get to a place where we're like, I got it, God. I don't need you anymore. Never. In our life or our service, we should always be in places where it's like, God, I've got to depend on you. I need you because it's beyond me. It's beyond me. So those are just a couple of the purposes in serving the Lord that Paul brings out here to begin this great letter with. Let's talk for a few moments about partners in service. Look up again at verse 1. From Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy. Because guess what? God will have partners for us to come alongside of us so that we can do ministry with. Ministry partners. And they're so important because God is very specific and strategic about who he wants to hook us up with. Because God knows us better than we know ourselves. And God wants us to do ministry not by ourselves most of the time, but most of the time with someone else or at least a few others. It's why he sent his own disciples out two by two. It's why when he had 70 followers, he sent them out two by two. It's never to be done in isolation. It's always to be, we don't grow in a vacuum and we don't serve Jesus in a vacuum. In fact, to show you this, look over in verse 21 of chapter one. Something very important here that we need to get down in our life as Christians. Because especially today and even what's going on in the world, we can so easily just isolate ourselves and, and keep ourselves from our brothers and sisters in Christ. Notice the principle here in verse 21, dealing with ministry partners. He says, but it is God who establishes us. By the way, that word means to solidify and strengthen us alone. No, that's not what that next word says, is it? Together. God's will is that we be established, solidified, and strengthened, not by staying apart from each other, but by doing it what? Together. Together. See, Christians who are with other Christians growing together and serving the Lord together will be more solid and more stable and stronger than Christians who are out there just trying to do it all by themselves. Because they're violating 
God's design. God says, I chose this way, going back to even. I can do it my way, but God says, then you're not really serving me because you're doing it your way. My way, God says, is I designed the church to be put together so that the only way you can maximize your stability, your strength, your stamina in me is by doing it together. The only way you can really serve me and grow as a servant is by doing it together. The only way you can really grow and become all that you, that I created you to be and saved you to be is by doing it together, together. So that's why God gives us ministry partners, so that we encourage and support and help and make each other better. It's the iron sharpens iron principle out of Proverbs 27, verse 17. You rub up against certain people and you both are better off because of it. Ministry partners, but that's not all. Notice over in verse 11, we also in ministry and service have prayer partners, and they're just as much a part of our ministry as those that are actually working alongside of us or we're working alongside of them. Because notice what Paul says. As you also join in helping us, literally, you're rendering service, you're assisting us by what? By prayer. So that many people may give thanks to God on our behalf for the gracious gift given to us through the help of many. Paul is saying, it is so important to know that as we serve and minister, that there are people praying for us. If you're in service, you need to have people praying for you. So here's what I'd like to encourage you to do. If you do something for the Lord, you should at least reach out to a couple other Christians and say, would you be willing to commit to continually praying for me and put me on your prayer list as I serve the Lord? And that way that you know then that you've got a couple people who are always lifting you up in prayer and your ministry up in prayer as you serve. And guess what? You can encourage them by saying, you realize what God's word says, that the fruit that comes from my service and my ministry, that that any, anything that God does good through my service and ministry to touch other people's lives, you're going to be a part of that. God's going to bless you and, and reward you one day because you're just as much a part of it, not because you were physically doing it with me, but because you were praying for me. And that's just as important to God and should be just as important to us. Our prayer partners in our ministries and service are just as vital and essential as those who physically come alongside of us and are our ministry partners. But we need partners. We need ministry partners. We need prayer partners. And more than anything, we need this supernatural partner that God, that Paul mentions here. Look over in verse 21 again with me into verse 22. It is God who establishes us together with you in Christ and who anointed us, who also sealed us and gave us all the spirit in our hearts as a down payment. Every true Christian, as we serve the Lord and minister for him, have a supernatural partner living within us. We literally have God dwelling inside of us. And so we can partner not only with other human beings, other Christians, and have ministry uh, partners who also are prayer partners praying for us as we maybe pray for others, but we have the Holy Spirit of God who dwells in us that can empower us and enable us supernaturally, you see. 
Because again, God never meant for us to minister or serve him out there on our own. He gave us and called us to have partners, if you will. And so maybe part of the reason why Christians suffer what we call over the years burnout from serving the Lord is one, one of the reasons is maybe you're doing what you wanted to do, but not what God wanted you to do. You're in the wrong place. Second, you may not be continually growing as you're serving, and if you're not continually growing as you're serving, then eventually you will get to the end of yourself. It may be that you're out there trying to do it on your own, and you don't have enough support and help around you, enough partners to do this with, and so the burden falls just on you, and you're being weighed down. All these different factors come into play of why Christians suffer what we call burnout. But the thing is, God never designed our service to be any of that. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you're doing what God has equipped you to do, enabled you to do, gave you the Holy Spirit to do, and prayer partners to do it with, and ministry partners, then we should never suffer burnout. You see we will have enough support and encouragement around us and in us to be able to keep on keeping on as we serve the Lord. So we've looked at, and by the way, as we go through this book, we're going to come up with more, we're going to see more principles and more purposes and more partnerships and all of that. Paul's just getting started, right? But I want to end with this. There's also provisions in serving the Lord. And I want to go back to some of these passages this morning to emphasize that part of it. You'll notice again in verse 3 and 4 of chapter 1, he talks about God being the father of mercies or compassion and the God of all comfort or encouragement who comforts us in all, not some, all our troubles. As we're serving the Lord, we may have trouble, tribulation, some kind of pressure and and pressing against us, feeling like we're being squeezed, if you will. Think of a grape that is pressed into wine, right? Sometimes that's the way life is. But Paul says this, no matter what you and I go through, God's comfort will exceed whatever the trial or tribulation is. See, God doesn't just give us the comfort or encouragement that we need that matches what we're going through. It always goes beyond it. Always. Let me take us back to something I was sharing on Wednesday night out of the book of Revelation. We serve an infinite God. It's one of his attributes, his infinitude, meaning that everything about God has no limit or measure to it. It just goes on and on and on. So his wisdom doesn't have an end to it. There's no end to God's wisdom. There's no end to God's power, which is why he says, is anything too hard or difficult for me? So think about this in this chapter. There's no end to God's comfort or encouragement. It's not like, God only has so much that he can give, and if we have a trial or tribulation that's greater than that, God just says, sorry. No. God's like, I'm more than enough. 
for whatever trial you're going through. I'm not just enough, I'm more than enough because the comfort that I can give you is like no other encouragement or comfort. It will exceed whatever trial you're going through. That's one provision. Another is his strength. Again, go back down to verse 8 and 9. Paul says, we, verse 8, were beyond our strength, but they weren't beyond God's strength. So in the midst of all this, as they learned to trust in the Lord, God could infuse them with his infinite power and strength. And there's many places in the Bible that illustrate this. One of the most famous is Isaiah 40. You know, that passage where even the youth shall grow weak and weary and young men shall faint, but those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and rise up like eagles and all of that. We all get to the end of our strength. Even young people do. Even young people get tired and weary. God never does. And God is always able to provide us infinite strength that can take us beyond the end of our strength. Because God says, I know in living for me and serving me, you'll get to the end of yourself and your capacity, your ability. I, God understands that. It's us that... We don't understand that or want to accept that. And yet God says, all you got to do is just look to me and turn to me and I'll give you more comfort than you'll ever need. I'll give you more strength than you'll ever need. And then how about grace? Look over in verse 12. He says, for our reason for confidence, God wants to have confident servants who have a clear conscience but here's part of the reason for that. Notice Paul says, it wasn't by my human wisdom that we conducted ourselves in the world. It was, verse 12, by the grace of God. It is by the supernatural enablement and empowerment, by the capacity and the ability due to the grace of God that Paul was able to do what he did. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 15.10, Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And later on in this book, remember what happens to Paul? He gets a thorn in his flesh. He goes to God. He asks God three times to take it away. And what's God's response? My grace is what? Sufficient. It's enough. It's more than enough, Paul, because I'm an infinite God, and I can give you infinite grace. It'll be more than enough for you because I'm more than enough for you. See, Paul's trying to give us that testimony of, look, guys, first of all, if you're not serving the Lord, then you're missing out on one of the main things God left you here for. Because it's in serving that service sort of is that laboratory that we work and, and, and live in that, that allows us to grow and, and allows us to become all that God created us to be and saved us to be. And without truly serving him both 24-7 and, and also by doing what God calls us to do and what he designed us to do by his will, just as Paul did, that's how we get everything out of life that God wants us as Christians to get out of it. But in the midst of all that, God says, I've got some principles for you that you need to follow. But don't forget, too, I've got some purposes in this that you need to remember. And I have some partners for you that will certainly help and assist and support you. But don't ever forget, too, that no matter what you're doing through life and service, I've got you covered with my provision. 
because whatever you need from me at any time, I can give you more than enough because I'm the God of more than enough. I'm the God that gave Paul all the comfort that he ever needed. I'm the God that gave Paul all the strength that he ever needed. I'm the God that gave Paul all the grace that he ever needed. And if you hold Paul in high esteem as a great example of what a Christian should be, then guess what? Paul's no different than the rest of us. Paul needed the Lord just like we need the Lord. And Paul just learned, as he says in verse, in verse 9, not to trust in himself, but to trust in the God who raises the dead. Go with me, if you would, to verse 19. Here's where I want to end today. Paul says, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the one who was proclaimed among you by us, by me and Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no. God wasn't wavering back and forth on his message. He was always very consistent and clear. It has always been yes in Jesus Christ. For every one of God's promises, not some of them, every one of them, each and every one of God's promises are yes in Jesus. They are certain. They are sure. Therefore, also through him, the amen, that strong affirmation is spoken by all of us to the glory we give to God as God establishes us together in Christ. See, Paul is saying, and we'll get into this more in the weeks ahead, he was being criticized by the Corinthians for his change in plans. He was being misunderstood, which, by the way, if you truly want to serve the Lord, here's something you and I have to come to grips with. There will always be critics, and there will always be people who misunderstand us as we serve him. If you can't get past that, then you'll never serve the Lord. Okay? Paul had to deal with that always. And that's why Paul's writing this. He's saying, just because I changed my plans doesn't mean that my word's not good. I was just doing what the Holy Spirit led me to do. It's not showing that I have no character. And he wanted to make sure that the way they were thinking about him was not also the way they were thinking about God, that somehow God changes his mind and changes ways and we can depend on him one day and not the other. No, God says, no, no, no. Paul says, no. God's promises are always yes in Jesus Christ. You can always be sure and certain about what you have in Jesus. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's your solid foundation. And all you and I need to do is build our life on him and follow him every day, and we'll have everything that we'll ever need to live a life that pleases God and glorifies God and lives a life of service that pleases God and glorifies God. And Paul says, all you can say to that is, amen. Thank you, God. Let's pray. God, we are your people. 
We are the sheep of your pasture. And you have called us, Lord, not only to follow you, but we, you have called us. It is your will to serve you, not just now, but throughout eternity. And God, we will never be truly fulfilled or satisfied as followers of Jesus Christ until we learn and grow to be a servant. To do what you want us to do. And to also learn that it's not just our acts of service that makes us a servant, it's who we are 24-7. That we are always to be at your disposal, God. Just saying, here I am, Lord, whatever you want from me this day, ask, and I'll do it. I'll say it. I'll go. So, Lord, I, I pray today that as we begin this very important series on serving you, that over these next 13 weeks, God, you'll solidify and strengthen your servants at the Oasis, that you'll call people into service here through this series, that you may redirect certain people to other areas, God, because, Lord, in the days ahead, I believe as our church continues to grow, we're going to need more servants to be the church that you want us to be, God. Not to be who we want to be, but to be the church that you want us to be, God. We all need to do our part. So God, may we just partner with you in the days ahead and declare that all your promises are yes and amen. That in you, God, whatever you ask of us that may be beyond us, that may be out of our comfort zone. It's certainly not out of your comfort zone. You got us, Lord. And we can trust you. We can rest in you. We can rely upon you because you are the God of infinite provision. These things we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>